Christians with Orthodox beliefs have, over the past century, adopted a couple of different names to distinguish themselves from those whom they thought had strayed from the historic teachings of the Church. During the late 1800s, scholars in Germany created a critique of the Bible that really tore traditional beliefs about the Bible to shreds. They raised questions about who the authors of scriptures were and suggested that much of the Bible was only the rehashing of ancient Babylonian myths and moral codes. In addition, theologies came out of Germany from the likes of Friedrich Schulemacher, Albrecht Ritzel, Ernst Trolls, and others who raised serious doubts about such crucial doctrines as the divinity of Christ and his resurrection from the dead. There was a reaction to all of this modernism, the name given to this recasting of these new Christian teachings that were attempts to be relevant to a rational and scientific age, and a collection of scholars from the United States and England got together and published a series of twelve books called The Fundamentals of the Christian Faith. These books were an intelligent defense of the traditional doctrines that we find outlined in the Apostles' Creed. It was in reaction to those books that Harry Emerson Fosdick, a prominent liberal preacher in New York City, preached a sermon called, Shall the Fundamentalists Win?, which was printed and circulated throughout the country. Thus the term fundamentalism was born. The label fundamentalism served us well until about 1928 or 1929. From that time on, and especially following the famous Scopes trial in which William Jennings Bryan argued against Darwin's theory of evolution, fundamentalism began to be viewed by many as being anti-intellectual and naive. Added to this image of anti-intellectualism was a creeping tendency among fundamentalists toward a judgmentalism, by which they not only condemned those who deviated from orthodox Christian doctrine, but any who did not adhere to their legalistic lifestyles, which were marked by condemnation of such things as dancing, smoking, and the consumption of alcohol. By the time the 1950s rolled around, the word fundamentalist carried all kinds of negative baggage, and many wondered whether we could use the word any more in a positive manner. About that time, Billy Graham and Carl Henry, who was then the editor of Christianity Today magazine, began using a new name, Evangelical. Again, Orthodox Christians had a word that served us well, and did so right up until about the middle of the 1990s. By then, the word Evangelical had lost its positive image with the general public. Evangelicals, to a large extent, had come to be viewed as married to the religious right and even to the right wing of the Republican Party. When preachers like you and me go to speak at places like Harvard or Duke or Stanford and are announced as evangelicals, red flags go up and people say, Oh, you are those reactionary Christians. You're anti-woman. You're anti-gay. You're anti-environmentalist. You're pro-war. You're anti-immigrant. And you're all in favor of the NRA. Defending ourselves, we say, Wait a minute. That's not who we are. I think evangelicalism has also been victimized by the secular media, which is largely responsible for creating the image by treating evangelicalism and the religious right of the Republican Party as synonymous. It was in this context that a group of us, who were sometimes referred to as progressive evangelicals, got together and tried to figure out how to come up with a new name for who and what we are. 
We kicked around various names and eventually came up with the name Red Letter Christians. We wanted people to know that we are Christians who make a point out of being committed to living out as much as possible what those red letters in the Bible, the words of Jesus, tell us to be and do. We're not into partisan politics, though we have a bias for political policies that foster justice for the poor and oppressed, regardless of which party espouses them. Christianity Today magazine published a full-page article critiquing our new name, saying, You people act as though the red letters in the Bible are more important than the black letters. To that we responded, Exactly. Not only do we say that the red letters are superior to the black letters of the Bible, but Jesus said they were. Jesus, over and over again in the Sermon on the Mount, declared that some of the things that Moses taught about, such things as divorce, adultery, killing, getting even with those who hurt you, and the use of money, had to be transcended by a higher morality. When Jesus said he was giving us new commandments, I believe they really were new commandments. They certainly went beyond the morality prescribed in the black letters that we read in the Pentateuch. Furthermore, we don't think you can really understand what the black letters in the Bible are telling you until you first...